0: Well, I think we just saw the announcements there, but uh, next week, everybody just so excited because it's our 25th anniversary next week. And if you've recently joined us, we're so glad to have you here for the next 50. And uh, that's awesome. You've come right at the right moment. But next week, uh, Pastor Alan Davies and his lovely wife Joan will be here. And uh, Alan literally is one of the generals of the Christian faith in Australia. I've got no doubt about it. He's been on the national executive of Australian Christian Churches, which is the denomination we're a part of. Which is about, I think it's about four hundred and fifty thousand people are part of Australian Christian Churches. And Alan's been on that executive now for over twenty years. So, and uh, been a pastor at Faith Christian Center in Melbourne. He's uh, now handed that church over to a younger Matt Hines, which is awesome. And uh, But I love him. I've sat on the, the board with him for about uh, six years and he's just an inspiring, uh, level-headed, consistent, faith-filled man of God who's been there and uh, helped our, you know, the denomination we're a part of to move forward. So we're really blessed to have them next week, everyone. You want to be here for him. Saturday, Influential is on and that's going to be here as well. And that's for everybody who's out in the marketplace and you are understanding or need to understand 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 that you're an influencer out there you're a school teacher you're an influencer you're a doctor you're an influencer you're in IT you're an influencer and uh, we are called to be influential for the gospel in all areas of life but sometimes people don't realize that they think it's for somebody else no it's for you You are called to be influential. You are called. And so Pastor Alan's going to be here and you'll be getting a a little bit of a closer up with him where he's going to speak into everybody who is out. You're not on the staff of a church, you're out in the marketplace. He's going to minister to you next year. And he just brings reams of experience in ministry life. So I know you'll be blessed with him on Saturday as well, nine o'clock. But Friday night through to Sunday, we're starting Friday night. Friday night, uh, I think there's a bit of a surprise happening there. I think Sunday, there's going to be a couple of surprises. I don't actually know what's happening, just so you know. I'm going to be as surprised as you because our creative team are doing some different things. They're pulling stuff out from the past, from the vault. And uh, so I don't know what's going to happen, but I know uh, it's going to be awesome starting Friday night. So Friday night, I really encourage you on Friday, you want to have a big lunch and uh, work through and then come straight to church because we're going to just start Friday night and Pastor Alan will be speaking. But I know that there's going to be things Friday night you don't want to miss. And uh, and I said, I know there's some surprises happening. Friday, I think is one. I don't know. We'll find out. I don't know. But I'm hearing it's going to be really good right through, and, uh, but there will be some surprises. So Friday night, come out, everybody. Nothing is on the television. Friday night's a place to be and uh, be in God's house. So we love it. And every Friday, actually. So I've been going to Friday nights for 35 years, I think. 35 years, Friday night church, and it's the best. So I uh, would love to have you there. Also, can I just encourage me to next week uh, with our guests here too, just remember too, they're flying in from Melbourne. Can you just aim everybody to honour them coming? Let's be in church on time. And if you're parents with children, can I encourage you, aim to be here half an hour early so you can settle your kids in and be in church. Nothing worse to have guests fly in from somewhere around the world. And then we all live 10 minutes away and we get here late. Like, is there anything worse? No, there's not. (laughs) There's not. So let's honour our guests and say, right, I'm going to be there honouring them and uh, be early. And also to our team who sets up at 6 o'clock and 5.30 in the morning, it's great to be on time to church to say, hey, thanks for doing that. And I'm going to honour all your hard work, production team, worship team, everybody else by being here on time. So just remember that's really, really powerful. In Jesus' name. Um, I'm going to read to you from Psalm 107. And it really relates to our lives outside of Christ, but it also particularly relates to the guys coming into Tenacious House and uh, seeing people come in broken, addicted, um, you know, struggling with life. Uh, I just love the fact that the Gospel is about Jesus setting us free and helping us. Anybody know that Jesus helps you? So this relates to everybody who's here. This relates to you, but it certainly relates to our ministry to broken men through Tenacious House. Psalm 107 says this. It says, Give thanks to the Lord for He's good. There you go, everybody. Revelation number one. God's good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those who redeemed from the land of the foe, that's the enemy, those who gathered from the lands, <clears throat> from east and west, from north and south. And then it says, some wandered in desert wastelands. Wow. Finding no way to a city where they could settle, they were hungry and thirsty, their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, <clears throat> and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let's give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. For He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Everybody, that's the God we serve. And I know this morning, there'll be people in our church this morning who've come and you're wandering in a desert wasteland. It might be a relational one. It's not, it's not like just you know, bits of old tin out in the sand. It's, it's no, a relational one. You're like, I'm in a wasteland. Guess what? God wants to begin to restore and begin to heal and begin to you know, do something fresh. You're like, it's a wasteland. No, no, let Jesus in on it. And the Bible tells us in the scripture that the will of God for you and I serving God is thanksgiving, it's thankful, thankfulness. If you wanna break the power of the enemy over your life and you're coming from a broken life and a broken background, and by the way, if you're newly saved, listen, the way to get your life healed, the way to get a breakthrough in your job, the way to get a breakthrough in your business, the way to get a breakthrough in your marriage, the way to get a breakthrough with your kids, the way to get a breakthrough as a Christian is to begin to thank God. It's to begin to thank God. It's to begin to thank Him. Not talk about your problem forever, not talk about people forever, but begin to say, Lord, I thank You. Lord I, beg- Lord, I thank You that even when I can't see it, You're at work. Even when I'm not feeling it, God, You are doing something. Lord, right now, i got a wasteland happening here. Lord, I give You my wasteland, whatever that is. And, uh, and, you, and say, Lord, I'm thanking You that You're gonna work something good there. Maybe, and also the Bible talks about hungry. And I, I think hungry for food is not usually the issue here in Perth too much. It still is for some people. but it's more the hungry of the heart. I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm empty, I'm looking for something, I'm trying to fill my life with different things to try and numb the pain or to fill me up. I wanna encourage you, that the Bible says when they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, they cried out to God. When they cried out to the Lord, not cried out in, hey, just self-pity to people, I'm gonna tell everybody my sad story for the rest of my life, which, you know, hello, I've done. But I had to stop doing that and I had to cry out to the Lord in my trouble and say, Lord, Father, help me. I've got this trouble, I've got that trouble. God is very good with your troubles. God is very good with your troubles, but He's just waiting for you to cry out and give them to Him. Come on, give your troubles to the Lord. Can somebody say, Amen? amen. Come on, can someone say, Amen? And I love it. last part was, give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love. God's love will not fail you. God doesn't get in a mood, everybody. <laughs> You're like, does God get moody with me? No, we get moody with him. God doesn't get in a mood. He's not up and down on a roller coaster. We need to say, Jesus, help us to be like you because we get on these emotional roller coasters, we get moody, and we're gonna say, Lord, help me not get moody. Help me to get stable. Help me to get consistent, Jesus. Help me to be like you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you don't get in a mood with me and that your love for me is unfailing. How good is that? You know, for everybody getting baptised today and for all of us who have been baptised or everybody who's not yet baptised, I just want to read to you what the Bible says in Colossians about that. So I think we'll have it on the screen for you, which should be great. So in Colossians chapter 2, everybody, in the New King James Version, it says this, it says, You therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. So walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, establishing the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it again with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. For in Him, in Jesus Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. In Him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. That's talking about circumcision of our heart. By putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. We were buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith in the working of God. God who raised Him from the dead And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made you now alive together with Him and having forgiven you all your trespasses. Boom, wow. The Bible telling us there, God has now forgiven us When we repent of our sins, when we turn to Him, when we're baptised, He's forgiven us all of our trespasses. And I love it. The Bible actually says, He throws your sins as far as the east is from the west and remembers them no more. So God has forgiven you when you give your sins to Him. And the Bible again telling us your life's been buried in Christ. Buried. Everybody, the old you, when you become a Christian, when you're baptised, leave the old you buried. Stop going and digging up the old girl. <laughs> or oh, the, oh, the old, I need to say the old man. <laughs> Dig up the old you. No, leave the old life buried and set your focus sharply, strongly, that I'm going to now walk and follow Jesus Christ. Come on. And then it says abounding with thanksgiving. When's the last time you told somebody God's been good to you? When's the last time you told the person you're married to, God is good, let's praise Him anyway. When's the last time you had a problem and you said to your friend, I'm not gonna look at the problem, I'm gonna begin to thank God. Everybody, the breakthrough again, as the Scripture tells us in Colossians, is in a thankful spirit and a thankful heart. Can I encourage you, don't get familiar with God. Don't get familiar with God's house. I've been in church 42 years, God say 42 years ago. And every week I still work on don't get familiar, don't get familiar with God, don't get familiar with church, don't take people for granted, don't take God for granted, don't take God's people for granted. I'm like, no, 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 that person's there by God's design, that person's there by God's plan, that person God put there, don't get familiar with them. Why can't I get familiar with them? Because I'll lock up God's miracle to me through them. God is trying to do a miracle through people. He's trying to do a miracle through them. But we saw with Jesus, I think it's Mark 6, where Jesus, uh, the Son of God, was trying to do miracles. And the Bible says, He could do no miracles there, except for a couple of small things, because the people were familiar with Him. Oh, that's right. You're Jesus. We know you. You live in (laughs) Carambine. Oh, that's right. And you work with your hands doing woodwork. And they dismissed the Son of God because He was local. Everybody, do not dismiss God, His house or people around you because you may just be missing the miracles and you don't realise it's actually because of how you're approaching it. Even next week for me, 42 years say, Pastor Alan's in the house with Joan. I'm like, wow, Divine moment. Divine moment. I'm like, not, oh wow, wonder what else is on the telly or wonder what's happening with the sport. I'm like, divine moment, everything else goes there. That can all wait. Not gonna be familiar with God, Alan, Joan, what, the 25th anniversary. I'm like, I'm there because I ca- it's a divine moment. Divine moments come and go. And there's some people glean them and other people are like, <laughs> what happened? Don't be in the what happened crew. Be in the crew who I'm prepped for the divine moment. I'm prepped, God, to honour you. I'm, pre- I'm, I'm, I'm prepped by losing familiarity. Familiarity. We need to look around and go, hang on, those people are not from you, they're from God. And have a, hello, thankfulness about it in Jesus' Name. You know, this is for everybody being baptised as well again today. The Bible talks about how in John chapter 4, <laughs> Jesus is with the disciples and they're like, hey, we need to get you to eat, Rabbi, in verse 31. And then he says in verse 34, I don't need to eat, guys. He says basically, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do not say these are there are yet four months, then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. So Jesus, right? They're thinking he needs to eat and drink, and he probably did, but he says. I need to let you know the real reality for me is that my food, what is nourishing my soul, what is nourishing my life, what is bringing me alive, what is keeping me young is doing the will of God. Can I encourage everybody, do the will of God. If you wanna be alive, do the will of God. If you wanna have God's life force flowing through you, do the will of God. And what is the will of God? Everybody getting baptised, here's the will of God, that you become a soul winner for Christ that you set out that, Lord, I'm going to tell my story and uh, I'm going to give the gospel. I had a guy doing some paint work and I'm thinking, why is that guy taking so long doing the painting? What's happening in me? Slow down doing this paint work. This is in the last week. And then I go out and found the reason why. Here is my life. Here's my wife staying there, giving him purpose-driven life, her message Bible. I'm like, love, I'm trying to get the building paint, uh, the door painted. (laughs) I, I went to say that. I stopped myself because my wife was there giving eternal life away. 40 years later, she's like, hang on a minute. Somebody's painting the back door. Let's give him the Gospel. He, he went off with her Message Bible and Purpose Driven Life. Everybody, that's what you're called to do. 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 Called to do. Don't be asleep. Jesus says, "Hang on, people." He's trying to say to the disciples. Then, how much more now, two thousand years later? Jesus saying, "Listen, the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ripe. People are desperate. People are anxious. People are sad. People are lost. People are confused." And Jesus goes, "Listen, I put you there. 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 put there. Put you there. Put you there. Baptizees, I put you there." Jesus says, I put you in that family. I put you in those friendships. I put you there. And I want to use you to lead many people to know me. Last couple of thoughts here. Baptism is to be regarded with awe and reverence. Jesus Himself partook of baptism. It's not to be lightly esteemed. Baptism is a first step of obedience as a Christian. If you haven't been baptised yet, it's really the first step of obedience. Baptism is an act of individual commitment. That's why child baptism, really, it's not biblical. It's a tradition. I was splashed as a baby. Where's all the splash people? But Jesus was baptised as an adult. And really that was His individual commitment to, even then in the act of submission to the Father. And so we need to realise that um, babies can't make that decision. I was really being a, a robot into the church. No, the power is when I turned from my sin, my old life and said, Jesus, I'm going to follow you now. And then the water baptism was an outward signific- outwardly signifying that I had inwardly turned to Christ. So baptism is a testimony to the fact that inward transformation has taken place And is now taking place. Baptism baptism represents our dying to sin, the world and self. Wow. And baptism signifies we've laid down our plans uh, that we have and we are now living to fulfil His plan. How good is that? We've laid down our plans and we're now living to fulfil His plans in Jesus' Name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online today.